On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, from Netherlands to BC to Okotoks to California, Cody Hendricks joins us to talk about his jet-setting baseball journey. episode 148 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Cody Hendricks has certainly seen his share of baseball stadiums, airports, and yes, quarantines over the last year. But traveling is nothing new for the 17-year-old who is originally from Netherlands. His family moved to Coquitlam, B.C. when he was 10. Then a few years later, he came west to Dogs Academy in Okotoks. Being from Netherlands meant he was eligible for their U18 team in the European Championship in early July. Hendricks went 0-2 for 2 at the dish with a walk and a run scored in the tournament and also sported a 1.75 e ERA in four innings of relief work on the mound as his country went on to win the gold medal in a 6-2 victory over Italy. Once back in Canada, Hendricks suited up for Okotoks Dogs Black. During the regular season and playoffs combined, the infielder and pitcher hit 171 with four runs batted in and five stolen bases. He also had four relief appearances on the mound, collecting a win and a 2.45 ERA, striking out five batters. Now he's on the West Coast as he's attending California State University Bakersfield as one of the many Dogs Academy players who signed on with NCAA Division I schools over the last few years. Earlier this week, we caught up with Hendricks to talk about all of his travels, how he fell in love with the game in the first place, and much, much more. Cody, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It has been quite the journey for you over the last few months specifically. Let's start off talking about the international travel and playing with that U18 Netherlands team. How did that opportunity come about in the first place? Uh, that was from my sister, actually. So my sister, she was on the national softball team when we still lived in the Netherlands. Um, so we kind of, she went to Worlds in, I want to say 2017, um, where my dad was there and connected with the people who kind of ran the show in the Netherlands. Um, and we stayed in touch. And then this year came around we're still in touch and uh yeah we started talking about possibly coming to euros and then worlds and uh with with COVID being here and it not looking too promising here it was like hey like should I come down to the Netherlands and they were like sure so um came down still hadn't officially made the team I had to try out and then I made the team so that was honestly all thanks to my sister uh for the opportunity so so do you thank her on a pretty regular basis texting her, especially given how that tournament all turned out? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So walk us through, for those who aren't aware, how you became eligible to play for the team in the first place and how they became aware that, hey, maybe you might be able to play for them. Um, so I was born in the Netherlands, uh, lived there for 10 years. Both my parents are Dutch. I'm actually like, I'm still not Canadian. I'm still a hundred percent Dutch. Um, so, uh, yeah, still being Dutch. And then, yeah, well, that was also just through my sister. That was me just staying in touch with them, sending them videos, uh, over the years. And then, uh, yeah, like this year, like, honestly, as much as COVID sucked, it was, 
that was kind of the big reason why I did have the opportunity because if we were playing here, I probably wouldn't have been as much like texting them to try and see if I could play with the national team. It would have been more like if they would have asked me like, yeah, let's do it. But like, I kind of reached out to them too, I guess. So that was, I guess COVID was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you head down to the European Championship and end up winning gold. Walk us through that final game and what it was like being in that uh, being in that dugout. That that was crazy. Um, I I on that team I kind of I was a two way uh, with the dogs on that team. I was kind of more of a, just a pitcher. They kind of wanted me more as a pitcher. Uh, so I had pitched the day before I threw against Germany. So I knew basically like I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to throw in the final. So it was from the start. It was for me, it was just like soaking it all in and just cheering all my guys. And um, it was one, one. I remember we, we scored the first one, the first inning. So it's one, nothing for like four innings. And then they kind of, they get like a, a double just out of reach of our center fielder. It's one, one. We're like, dang, cause it's Italy and they got their home crowd. They're loud. Mm-hmm. They're rowdy. Um, but uh, yeah, so one, one, and then we finally get to the seven. They got this, they, they're pitching this lefty who they'd thrown against us in like the group stage. Couldn't figure him out then. Couldn't figure him out that day either. And uh, yeah, no, we just finally got going, broke it loose, got five in that seven. So six, one going into the, into the bottom of the seventh. And then we had our guy, he was just shoving and um they couldn't touch him. We, I mean, he threw like, I want to say 13 innings in five days or something. And he just, he did his thing. They kind of got close. They got the bases loaded in a six, three. So that's, I was in the bullpen. I was bullpen catching. <laughs> I'm standing there shaking, but uh, we got it done. And that was just super cool. How crazy is it to think that here's a bunch of guys who don't necessarily know each other, able to come together as quickly as you were to be able to go in and run the table and win a championship like that? Yeah, it was pretty wild. I mean, for the most part, those guys, they 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 see each other pretty often. I know that the team hadn't started practicing until basically I got there. So it was only like a month and a half, two months. Um, so so those guys kind of knew each other just from small country, not a big thing, baseball there. Um, but yeah, it was me. And there was another guy from Curacao who just kind of got put on the team and it was like, figure it out. But we, yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. Um, it was, it was a really cool experience. Walk us through your mindset going into that whole experience from start to finish. Was it kind of one of those, let's see what happens kind of thing or did you have an expectation as to how you were going to try to fit in or did you kind of just play it by ear it was honestly it was really uh like you said it was really let's see what happens i mean i got there i was thinking i will see maybe i can play both both the field and pitch um but if they if they want me for whatever they want me i'll take it um and uh as much as like the the fitting when it comes to the fitting in that was like I thought I'd be like uh, still like up to date with my Dutch, but man, like I speak very <laughs> formal Dutch. Let's put it that way. So I could, I'm listening to these guys talking and I can't even understand what they're saying. Uh, so that took me about a good month to finally kind of understand the, the slang. Uh, but once, once we were 
on the trips and everything. Like it was so easy. I mean, I'm, I'm forced to room with guys and it's just, you, you make friends so easy, just like how you would like anywhere else. So it was really cool. What did it mean to not only you, but also your family to be able to be a part of a championship team like that? That was really cool. Um, I mean, my sister, she, so she'd been to Euros and the world. She couldn't get it done. Uh, so, I mean, I had a lot of pressure on me, but uh, no, it was, it was really cool. I mean, to represent like your country, like it's, it's a once in a lifetime, you know, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get to do it again. And it was just really cool. And to win, that was even, that was even bigger. That was really cool. And I suppose a little bragging rights as well to bring back to your, I guess, third home away from home in Oak Tokes. Uh, getting to play with the team that you probably spent a little bit of time watching, the Dogs WCBL team. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, no, um, that was really cool. I mean, I met, I got there in 2019. So I got there just um, just after they had won the championship. So I didn't get to, I didn't really get to experience it. Okay. I was there for a tournament in 2018. Uh, so that was really cool. I was there for the Canada Day. That was really cool. And I, as soon as I heard the news from, yeah, you guys are in the Wickville, I mean, I was pumped. We were all super pumped. It was, um, and then kind of that, there was still a little bit of doubt of, is it going to happen with COVID? And and then, um, I mean, it, it kind of sucked a little bit because I was going to the Netherlands and then I found out, oh, we're playing. So I knew I was going to miss a lot of games. Um, but no, it was, it was really cool. I mean, playing in front of fans, playing at the stadium, like finally like playing like real, real games with the guys that I've like worked so hard with for like two years. It was, it was really cool. Glad I got to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've asked a lot of guys this question as well. And you kind of alluded to it there is what was it like finally getting to play not only games, but games with fans in the stands again, because I know, especially in Okotoks, but even across the league this year, you could really feel that vibe there. Yeah, no, it was, it was huge. I mean, like I had never really played in front of fans before. I mean, I guess in Europe was kind of my first taste of it, but I mean, we're getting chirped. It's like, it's real <laughs> stuff. Like you feel really like it's, it's really cool. I, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It was, it was kind of my first taste of like real fans and real, like people you don't know cheering for you and like mm -hmm. people, like little kids asking for autographs. Like, it's really cool. It was really cool. And obviously the season didn't end quite the way you and your teammates wanted, but were you able to take a few things, maybe learn a little bit about yourself as a player in that short time that you were able to play at Seaman Stadium? Uh, yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, a couple things, like, don't take things for granted. I mean, two years went by so quick. Um, I'd say that was, like, a big thing. And, I mean, when it comes to playing, like, I had a, I had a super tough summer. Um, so I learned a lot from that, like learn it kind of, I was happy in a sense that I felt it prepared me for college, like knowing that I am going to fail, like you're not going to be perfect and you're not going to hit 450 every year. Um, so I, I mean, as much as I didn't play how I wanted to, I learned a lot from it when it comes to like the mental side and how to deal with stuff. And so I'm glad it happened. And you kind of alluded to it again. You're segueing really well into my next questions. But uh, you're at CSU Bakersfield now. It was just over a year ago, actually, that you committed to the school. What drew you to there? And was D1 something that you always had your eye on? Um, 
what drew me to there uh the when we went on our fall trip um they i mean they were just so sick i mean we played them at eight at night sun was coming down the vibes were just good i mean music was blasting uh i mean they gave us a pretty good smacking too so i mean that was <laughs> i knew they were good um and uh the big west thing that was that was huge too i mean the big west is a really good conference so that was uh that was something i was very excited about and just like i had like i had like a, a feeling with their coaches that it was just like they actually wanted me like i they were really excited about me so that was that was like a really really good feeling i guess that mm -hmm. made me feel really good what excites you the most about taking this next step in that baseball journey um just i guess challenging myself with new people and i don't know i just i'm i'm just excited like to be here and yeah i mean i don't <laughs> that's a hard one what kinds of things are you hoping to work on while you're there um everything honestly everything i want to get bigger i want to get stronger uh, i want to get faster i want to hit better Want to feel better. There's a lot to work on still, obviously. Um, but just like that in school, just just excited for it. Um, see see what I can turn myself into, I guess. I got to ask, and you've become kind of a veteran in the game of quarantines. So I'm curious, what do you do to pass the time when you have that long off time? A lot of video games. <laughs> um, I mean, I... I like to stretch every day. That's like a big thing I do. I haven't been able to do it as much now here because I'm so busy. Um, but I like I like stretching every day. Uh, I like, I mean, when I was in Okotoks, um, I was able to go to like a small field and then I'd hit or and throw for like an hour, hour and a half. But there's only so much you can do. I mean, like I don't have couldn't have like someone tossing for me or anything, obviously, especially during the season. Uh, when guys were out, mm -hmm. I know that uh, other times we were able to set up live at bats and kind of get that going. So that was huge. Um, but yeah, honestly, just try to do what I can do. Try to be as efficient as I can be. <laughs> That's awesome. One of the things we like to do here on the podcast is get to know the player and their story, their journey. Take us back to the very beginning here. Do you remember that first time you stepped onto a ball field and was it love at first sight or was it something of an acquired taste, so to speak? So my dad, he he actually put me into baseball when I was three. Um, very early. I didn't like it. I went to <laughs> soccer. And then it was kind of, I didn't like soccer either. So then I was like, all right, let's give baseball another shot. And then, yeah, it was from there on. It was, I don't remember specifically um, how it happened, but I just know I loved it. I know my dad played uh, fast pitch for the, for the club back home. My sister played fast pitch for the club back home. So it was just like, it was very like in the family and yeah, no, I learned, I learned to love it. And I like, I love it. Like I loved it. Um, like I'm, I'm still every day. I'm so excited to get to the field and to do stuff. So I'm, I'm very grateful for it.
growing up in the Netherlands, did you have a lot of exposure to the major league game or was it something that you were watching the local guys? Who was it that you kind of looked up to or a team that you were, you were interested in playing for at some point down the road? Uh, yeah, no. So we had ESPN for a little bit, for like a quite a while. It was still, we could watch ESPN, but obviously I had to stay up very late <laughs> to watch, to watch early games. Um, we're, my family, I we're all big Dodgers fans, so that's sweet too. I'm mm -hmm. close to the Dodgers. Um, but I remember as a kid, my dad always had to tell me, "Stop swinging like Albert Pujols. Like, <laughs> you, you don't, you don't have that power." So that that I guess that was someone I really looked up to. So. So then at 10, you move to BC, and then in 2019, you move to Oak Tokes. How did that opportunity come about in the first place? Um, that was when I was in Bantam, so 15U. Um, we had played Oak Tokes at our own tournament. We had invited Oak Tokes over to our own tournament and had a good tournament. So that's kind of where I guess I was noticed. Um and then back to Okotoks for the Canada Day tournament. And then uh, Hollick and, and Val come up to me and, you know, we start talking about it first. I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I was a little bit, a little bit scared about it. And then I finally made the decision of that in that fall, that uh, winter, like, let's do it. Why not? It's sweet over there. So let's, let's try it. And then best decision I've ever made. Um, can't thank those guys enough. Um, like so happy with that. I did it. What did that experience as short as it might've been mean for you and your development? And maybe tell us a little bit about some of the key figures that helped you improve your game to the point where you were able to sign that letter of intent and eventually end up at the school that you're at now at CSU Bakersfield. Uh, yeah, I would say just like being brought in. I mean, it's just like you have so much access and it's just like, so it's so good for like, if you want to be a, a baseball player and you want to get better, like they, they literally tell you, you can come in the morning, you can come in afternoon, you can come in whenever, like do your thing. Uh, so that was huge because I wouldn't say that I didn't have like the opportunities to do that back home, but it's just like, you have other guys that also want to do it. And um, I mean, like, you probably heard already like 20 times we were a huge family. Like it was just, we were all big brothers, little brothers. Um, so that was huge. All the guys helped me, uh, helped me kind of do what I wanted to do. And then obviously all the coaches, I mean, big ones, Val, Holick, Duda, they were huge. So much advice, so much, so much wisdom, honestly. So um, yeah, no, they were huge for me. You've obviously had uh, quite a few awesome experiences to this point in baseball, but looking back on this short career you've had to this point, any moments where you've gone, man, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm playing baseball and doing this for a quote unquote living for a while here. Any of those special moments that you look back on and go, yeah, that was pretty crazy. There, there's already, a, I, there's already a few, I'd say. I mean, um, the college trip, like that was like, Man, I'm playing – I'm 15 playing against dudes that are, like, 25. I mean, that was crazy. That was so fun. Um, then, obviously, the Netherlands, that was really cool. I mean, I'm in Europe. Bunch of dudes I met a month ago. That was that was crazy. Uh, and then this summer, honestly, too, like, like I said, like, it was just kind – it kind of felt like, you know, you're big time. Like, you got people looking up to you and – yeah, no, it was huge. 
one of the things I've learned doing this podcast is that there's always those alumni that roll through and give pieces of advice or wisdom to the next generation. I'm sure you had that as well. And so now that you have that benefit of hindsight, what kinds of advice would you give to those 13, 14, 15 year olds who might be starting their journeys, whether it be in the Netherlands or whether it's uh, in BC or maybe at Dogs Academy? Uh, I would just say, like, just work really hard. I mean, honestly, that's that's all it really is. Like, if you love it enough and you really actually want to do something with it, just work really hard. I still have right now. Like, it's like, man, I don't want to go lift. But once you get it done, you feel so good. Um, it's worth it. Right. So it's like that. I'd say that's huge. And just like, yeah, if you love it, work hard, work hard for it, because it's not just going to come to you. but if you work for it, you can, you can do it. So that's, that's what I would say. Very cool. Final question for you. It's a question we ask everybody. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Uh, a lot. I'd say, I'd say it's a huge part of my life. It's been there since I can remember. Um, and I can't imagine without it. So I'm trying to, trying to keep it going for as long as I can. Cause I love it. Um, yeah, that's I'd say that's what it means to me. Fantastic stuff. Well, Cody, congratulations on all the success you've had to this point. Continued success thank going you. forward. And thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Cody Hendricks for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. We'd like to take a moment right now to thank our platinum sponsors, the Okotoks Dogs, for their continued generosity. They are our original sponsors, helping us cover costs like online hosting fees for the podcast. And we're first to jump on board with our new tiered supporter program. If you or your organization are interested in joining us, head to our website for all the details. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.